Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. And a good day. Mm. I I have a DM I meant to tell you about a while back when uh, Dave was on. And Dave Lazard usually joins us on Fridays right here on the podcast. Love to have him on. Funny guy. So I got a message Look at the first name here. Okay, I don't have a first name. But on Instagram, uh, she wanted to weigh in on the money or the will. Um, Remember the parents told the daughter, hey, your brother's going to get the house because he's had a rough go. You get nothing, basically. Mm -hmm. So she just wanted to add to that, saying, ultimately, I'm of the belief we're not entitled to our parents' possessions. We are privileged to have them given to us. But if parents are writing a will, I do not think it's fair of them to take away from the privilege of one child in complete favor of another, regardless of their circumstances. But wanted to add this. Love listening to the podcast and to the show. I've been listening to Scott and Dave since I was 14. I'm 27 now. Since you started on the last station, I've been listening the whole time. Much love. Thanks for being great company every day. And it's from V. Okay, that's nice. So a 13-year listener. Wow. So they were listening before you joined the show. Oh, yes, much earlier. And I, I, as I mentioned to her, too, I mean, it's cool also that I get to hang out with you and Dave on, on Fridays and do this because I used to listen to, you hate this part, I used to listen to you and Dave on uh, when you guys were on radio together when I was in high school. So, I mean, wow, and what now a bitchy what is, thing to say. That's crazy, what a right? Bitchy thing to say. <laughs> well, it's true. It's nothing but true. And now one is my co host. And one is my boss. Isn't that crazy where life, you never know where life is going to take you. But anyway, thank you for that, V. Um, I also enjoy when Dave comes on. Uh, he'll join us again tomorrow, probably, unless he's, he's a very busy guy, by the way. That, that man is a busy man. Very busy. Oh, man. he's got a lot on the go. Well, he programs a couple different radio yeah. stations and managing us guy. is a handful, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. And and how many Zoom calls and meetings he does in a day? I mean, it would make your head spin. How does he how does he keep track of all those logins? Because like we do that maybe once a week, a couple times a week. And I'm always like, where's the code to get into this one again? I got to find it. How does he keep track when there's about seven a day? I couldn't. Yeah, it's got to be incredibly Crazy. asinine. Yeah. Wow. I hope he turns his camera off and puts his head down just because I, I would lose <laughs> well, my mind now. doing that. Uh, let me do a couple of DMs here. This one from Greg. Hey, guys, just listen to your podcast. I 100% agree with you. I always cover the bill on a first date. Follow-up dates, they can be discussed. But I think the guy should always just pay on the first date. Mm. Okay, yep, hot take. Uh, hey, guys, my wife and I go around the tree, starting from the top and working our way to the bottom. Oh. I agree with Kat when it comes to decorating your Christmas tree. Yeah. Hold the fuck on here, Joe. You start <laughs> decorating from the top and go down. Yeah. Well, and you got to go. How do the- you make the, the, the strand reach the outlet to plug it in? Well, I don't you, understand. Well, you go top and then you do the swirl all the way around the tree, right? You're following that. And then you go all the way down to the very bottom. And then the plug is right there at the bottom. And then you plug it in. I guess that just seems a little uh, unnecessarily complicated, but okay. All right. Um, This one from Lori. Guys, listening to your podcast on first dates, I'm with you. Guy pays for the first date. However, I agree with Kat as well. If she asked him out, it should be expected that she covers. I also think the woman should offer to pay, so it's not expected of a man. Ultimately, the man should insist on covering the first one, though. Okay. Uh, Well, she's jumping all over the place here. Uh, maybe it's old school, but it's the gentlemanly thing to do, and I will judge you for it. Ooh, Lori. Ooh, okay. I kind of like that, though. And one more. Good morning, guys. I just listened to episode 152. 
And I remember listening to that live morning show that day for Missed Connections. You have such a contagious laugh. I burst out laughing every time I hear you. Aw, thank you. That's nice. Super sweet. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll read one more. It was a tweet that came in earlier this morning. And I like this one. It's someone who, like many others, has kind of given up on radio. Doesn't listen to it very much anymore. But here is the message that came in earlier today from Ashley. I don't listen to radio often anymore, but when I do, I love hearing you, Scott. There's something comforting about hearing your voice after all these years. Oh, how sweet is that to hear something like that? Yeah, I mean, hey, you just made my day. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Let's get to a number of different things that we have planned for this episode of After 9. And we will start with Santa Claus. He's my favorite guy at this time of year. I mean, I feel like if if it was possible, I would hang with that dude. If he said, hey, ho, 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 let's go for a beer, I'd fucking go. I have so many things I'd like to ask that guy. I want to know about the workshop and the elves and the sleigh and those shitty reindeer. And I think everybody knows I don't like deer, right? Yeah, they're the sharks of the forest. Sharks of the forest. Yeah. We stay away from the deer. But that's okay. He has somehow figured out a system that works for him. I'd love to ask him some questions. But every year, they calculate what Santa's salary would be if he got paid actual dollars to do the work that he does. But they had to compare it to relevant occupations to get the statistics from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So it's almost kind of like a LinkedIn thing. You know how people dress up their job description on LinkedIn to make it seem like their job is much more important than it actually is? Right. Of course. That's my favorite when they come up with all these ridiculous things. So they say running the workshop qualifies Santa as an industrial engineer, and that occupies about eight hours a day, 364 days a year. That's 2,912 hours per year. The mean hourly wage for that is $44.55. So his annual earnings rounded just for running the workshop are $129,730. Don't worry, we're doing the math for you. They consider Santa a professional shopper. The relevant comparison, according to the Labor of Bureau of Labor Statistics, is sales and related works, all other. That should pay him about 2300 bucks a year to be a professional shopper. Wrapper of gifts. That falls under packers and packagers and handling. 2200 bucks for the amount of hours he puts into it. Letter reader. The equivalent would be a correspondence clerk who makes a mean salary of $19.03 per hour. Sitting in a mall to speak with kids is customer service representative. I don't know if I'd really call that customer service, listening to a whole bunch of kids, tell them the, you want shit for Christmas, but we'll give them that one. Uh, mean average salary, $17.94 an hour. Taking care of the reindeer falls under farm workers, farm ranch, and agricultural animal sector. Snowplow driver at the North Pole. Yeah, he's got to clear the, the, the driveway, the North Pole, doesn't he? <clears throat> I can't, are we continuing on with this? You, okay, thank God I can just say it freely. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of. Highway maintenance worker is what that would fall under. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. Cat, so every year. stupid, man. What a waste of time. Every year, they add up how much a mom would get paid That's if she got paid. That's a real fucking job, man. We're in the podcast now. Let's all admit this is the stupidest shit we've ever heard. Do you want to consider cookies and milk an agricultural inspector? <laughs> I want to consider doing something with this fucking survey is what I want to consider. 
When he calls Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night, they consider that an announcer. Okay, that, now whoa. he's now whoa. Now whoa. he's in my territory. Now you can fuck right off, Santa. He just popped your bubble. The median salary is 19 cents an hour. I'm going to start delivering toys. <laughs> that sounds about right. But Yeah, really. They estimate Santa would only make $157,300 a year. I'd probably pay him more. I'd pay him a lot more than that. He's worth more than that, right? He doesn't need the money. No, he doesn't need the money. Santa doesn't need the money. It's stupid though, right? Does anyone think, or, or does anyone find that fun? I think it's adorable. I get cat. it when you're talking to kids. We're in a podcast now. No, no fucking kid is listening. This is like if there is a kid listening, that's a problem. There is a big fucking problem with that. But I mean, okay, it's cute, it's fun, but it's not a real fucking job. There's no shortage of women that are in a long-term relationship and they're kind of stuck at the moment. They want him to propose. But he hasn't popped the question yet. That must and be maybe at some point you're going to question yourself about whether or not he's even serious. Right. We I, all know that story, right? Sure. And that must be frustrating, right? Like I'm trying to put myself in that position where I really, oh, I really, really like want to get married. This is what I want. I want it to happen soon. I'm not sure when he's going to do it, but he's got to do it. Um, that it must be frustrating. But there's a lot more to most of the stories, right? Sure. Well, in this case, a woman actually took her boyfriend to court because she feels she has waited long enough for a proposal that has not come. They do have a child together. They've been together for eight years. He defends himself by saying, listen, I can't afford a wedding right now. And hence why he hasn't popped the question. She does not accept it. She's suing, saying he's wasted her time all these years. How do you think the court ruled? Oh, man, I would not. Uh, uh, sorry, lady, but no, no, I would not side with her. You know, it occurs to me, though, before I tell you the end result here, she also could have popped the question to him. Yes. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for you, being very 2020 about this. You're you don't need to sit around no. waiting for that big ring to show up. No, you don't. You're absolutely right. The court ruled that because... They were never actually married. The court has no standing in this matter. That is between the two of them. Imagine trying to sue your partner into putting a ring on it. Yeah. Wow. No, no and, and here's the and that's the question I have actually is what if she what does she want from this? Does she does she hope that oh now I'm going to take you to court so now you're going to propose to me? How about I'm gonna, if I'm that guy I'm getting the fuck out so fast. I'll what does bet she, she actually want? I'll bet she was just a total pain in the ass for years now. You going to propose? Here's the ring I like. What do you think of this ring? I like that oh, one. Mar- when are we going to get married? There's nothing romantic or like real about that. If he does propose, it might not be because he loves you. It might be to get you off his back. Like, you're fine. He doesn't really want to get married. Maybe he doesn't even like marriage. Maybe he just wants to keep things status quo. You guys are good. You've got a kid together. Some people don't need the actual stand up there in front of the officiant and exchange rings and uh, till death do us part shit. Maybe he doesn't want to get married. Just saying. And you can't sue somebody into marrying you. Well, she tried, though. Good effort. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if she had a different lawyer, a a real good one, uh, might have actually been able to make a case to the court. Hmm. How do you put a value on eight years of your time? 
She also says that they've discussed marriage and he said he will propose, but he's been wasting her time in the meantime because he hasn't actually and she doesn't feel he's going to. Oh. Nah, doesn't work like that. (laughs) Doesn't work like that at all. Uh, We have some food news. Key Lime Pie Kit Kat coming for Easter 2021. That's going to be their big thing this year. You into it? You know, I was having a good day. I was you, having a you fine don't like day. Tr- your traditional things being you, messed with. You don't like exp- you don't even like any of the different flavored Oreos that are available. It especially bothers me that this is a Kit Kat. This is my favorite chocolate bar, and they go and fuck it up. Uh, realistically, it is the only chocolate bar that spells cat the way she wants it it's spelled. Br- <laughs> You're exactly right. None of the other chocolate bars do it right. <laughs> nope, all all incorrect. I'm not sure how many cat chocolate bars there are, but that one at least knows. No, I just hate when they do mess with... I, okay, fine. Fun collector's edition. Sales-wise, maybe that works for them, right? Maybe if you haven't picked up a Kit Kat bar in a long time and you're perusing through the grocery store and you see this key lime, did you say? Yes. Ugh. So you see a... Which, key lime pie is fine, don't get me wrong, but you don't need to stick it in a fucking chocolate bar. Chocolate's fine by itself. But anyway, maybe they're going to come across people who go, oh, neat, different, I'll buy it. And then maybe they'll make a little bit of sales off of it, but usually those sales just peter out and do you have a favorite like if you walked into a variety store or a gas station and you just felt like chocolate oh there's the chocolate bar rack Kit Kat. is there one that you would go to Kit Kat's my favorite Kit Kat is it? but over reese really yeah kick out over reese cups it's just slightly but yeah i do have news on reese cups you oh no key lime reese cups coming our way no i think this is even worse because i think this particular thing is like a steaming pile of shit Uh-oh. but Reese peanut butter cups with a layer of marshmallow are coming to stores before the end of the year. Reese peanut butter cup with marshmallow. Okay, I'm not a big marshmallow fan, but I'm trying to think if you were. That kind of like, uh, that kind of reminds me of, you know, like the wagon wheels. It's like a wagon wheel, but with (laughs) peanut butter, basically, right? I forgot about those. Yeah, you remember those? Wagon wheels were the fucking worst (laughs) because they had such a strange texture. It started off with just a thin layer of chocolate. Then you got to the marshmallow layer. Then there was like a crunchy nougat and then more (laughs) chocolate. And it was awful. But I feel like that's going to be this. This is going to be a real real texture fuck for your mouth, won't it? Mm Mm-hmm. It's just going to be strange with the marshmallow, but then like you got that peanut buttery goodness. But do we like peanut butter with marshmallow? Like I, again, I'm not a marshmallow fan. Um, but maybe if you do like marshmallow, you would mix a little peanut butter with it. I don't know. You got to be careful when you order something online. So many people are falling victim to purchasing things that aren't legit. Hmm. Um, somebody put up a, a thing on Instagram that I was reading through yesterday. They were. Flat out advertising. This is not a PS5 for sale. But for about $500, they would sell you a printout with a picture of a PS5 on it. And they stressed right in it. This is not a PS5. It is just a piece of paper that will be hand folded and stuck in an envelope and sent to you for $500. They sold one. What? Yeah. They actually sold one from somebody who saw the picture of the PS5, didn't read the description, just saw, yes, 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 I'll buy it. So somebody paid $500 for a printout picture of a PS5. I can see that because you know how many people don't read articles, they just read headlines, and then they think that they assume that they know the whole story, and then they post something, and then you go, did you even read the story? So it doesn't surprise me that someone wouldn't even bother to read any details. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it's uh, a it's an epidemic. It happens all the time. People just skim and they cherry pick the little details here and there that they want, but they don't actually read. And that's how somebody got ripped off for mm. a printout of a PS5 picture. Here's another great example. Several people have ordered the brand new 2020 rainbow Christmas tree. They saw the ads online and they thought, oh, fuck, look at that. That's so cool. It's a rainbow Christmas tree. I'm getting that. I'm going to order that and put it in my living room. The problem is they didn't look at the picture all that clearly. They didn't read the description. That rainbow Christmas tree. Yes, I'm using air quotes. Is actually a feather duster. They paid a couple hundred dollars (gasps) for a feather duster. Dude. Okay, I was waiting for something else because I'll tell you what else happens to people probably more often than they care to admit is the size of things. There's a lot of people who will look at a picture of something. Let's say they're just glancing on Wayfair, okay? You're glancing on Wayfair, you see something. I could see that easily happening with like a rainbow tree, for example, where they don't even look at the dimensions of it. So it shows up and you think you got yourself a nice seven-foot tree when really what shows up is a two-inch little statue and you (laughs) paid like $200 for it. These people bought a feather duster for hundreds of dollars. You legit could have gone to the dollar store and got one for two bucks. Oh, my God. But you can just, I mean, could they return it? How does that work? Well, I'm pretty confident they got scammed. And it's clear what it is when you look at the actual ad. It says uh, it looks like a a rainbow Christmas tree, doesn't it? But in the fine print, it clearly says this is not a Christmas tree. It's a fucking feather duster. Yeah, I could see. I could see that. Uh, You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Thank you. Oh, man. Let's talk about 2020 a little bit. This will be a good little stroll down the shit that was this year online. Google has released the in-depth results of what we searched for in 2020. Yeah. Is it surprising to you that the number one thing searched for was U.S. election results Uh -uh. over COVID-19? Um. (laughs) I guess a little bit, although when you think of the gong show that was the U.S. election between felt like it lasted all year, even though it didn't. Okay, but yeah, no, I would have thought coronavirus was number one, but that wasn't the case at all. Uh, In Canada, we searched more for the U.S. election, and that was everything that falls under that category, by the way. So it would have been anything from how the U.S. is handling coronavirus, perhaps, via election, like whether it's Trump's thoughts or Joe Biden's thoughts on. It all fell under that category. It is kind of surprising. Um, U.S. election. So if this was not an election year, you may be wondering, and if coronavirus was not a thing in 2020, what would we have looked up the most? Curious? Yeah. Kobe Bryant. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know what, though? That makes sense. I mean, wow, that hit people so hard. I actually forgot that was this year. Yeah. It's been one of those years. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number four was Zoom. People, I'm guessing, getting Zoom, uploading Zoom, or maybe figuring out how Zoom works. Well, how do you see somebody in your computer? How <laughs> do you do the that? Zoom thing people are talking about. How uh, did my little nephew get inside my computer? How, do, how does that work? <laughs> uh, number five was Raptors. Good. Lots yep. of Raptors news this year, sure. Uh, oh, speaking of Raptors, and I don't mean to go off topic, but I'm going to hear real quick. Last night I watched, uh, was it Open Gym, the NBA bubble? And the Raptors. It was so good. Was it? Uh, TSN did this as part of their Open Gym series. And it was basically a look behind the scenes at what the Raptors had to deal with. And they had lots of interviews that they filmed at the time. And when you watch it now, in retrospect, it all seems so familiar. Like when they left Toronto, they all had to self-isolate in Naples. 
and they stayed there and they kind of practiced there, but not really. And they had all their Canadian protocols in place there that we have here. They brought the Canadian safety protocols to Florida because, as you've probably heard, Florida's got a bit of a problem. (laughs) They're not necessarily doing the same things there that we do here. And then they had to move from Naples to Orlando when they got moved into the Disney bubble. It's amazing how they did it. Like, I was wondering, how does that hotel or those resorts at Disney have enough practice courts for every team in the NBA? They took banquet halls and put in, like, those hardwood dance floors that they'll drop in for a wedding. That was how they made the basketball courts, in the banquet halls that they would normally have weddings or conferences in. That's where they were practicing. That would be was, neat. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to show that a ton of times between now and the end of the year. Give it a watch. It's a multi-part series. Uh, open gym, the Raptors in the bubble. Really, really cool. So I'm not actually surprised that people were searching for the Raptors because they had such a good season going. Mm. That last road trip before the whole NBA season got shut down, they won four or five on the West Coast. And then, boom, nothing. Yes, yes. They kind of got fucked this year. They yeah, did. they did. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think a lot of teams got fucked is the only thing that I'll say to that is like a lot of people got fucked in that, probably. Um, they even went out of their way to point out no team in basketball had a harder schedule than the Raptors did leading up to the playoffs. Hmm. Hmm. There's something up there, too. You want to talk about conspiracy theories? Fuck the vaccine and where COVID came from. Let's talk about what the NBA did to the Raptors back in the summer. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's investigate further. (laughs) Okay, what else you got beside the Raptors? Okay, so yeah, so then it continues with Tom Searches. Serb after that. Nothing shocking, really. Naya Rivera, who passed away. Uh, Joe Biden, Trump versus Biden. So all those things were more specifically searched. Um, And then let's go to, uh, let's see. Not a lot of movies were out this year. I know. But why? Uh, But Black Panther managed to get in the top three. Uh, Chadwick Boseman passing away. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was this year, too. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, yeah. And and a lot of people wanted to either watch just to like because the news hit them hard. They wanted to watch it again or maybe watch it for the first time. Follow uh, Contagion. Number two, Contagion. Watching that movie in the beginning of the pandemic, because right when the pandemic really hit, Netflix put this on their site not knowing by the way that this would be happening but there we all were watching contagion which is an insane has some insane similarities a lot different this virus and contagion extremely deadly much more than covid of course but anyway watching that was unreal and then parasite ended up being number one really yeah Hmm. um let's go to the questions i google questions from time to time you as well yes okay so why Number one was, why are people buying toilet paper? (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if if you just see it on the news and hear that, oh, there's toilet paper selling out everywhere, maybe you might want to Google. Why the fuck are people buying so much toilet paper? You can't eat that. I'm confused. If we do get locked down, what are you going to do about food? Um, Two. Okay, but you know what, though? That also, if we go back to the mentality of the beginning of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. and it's still happening today. People coming up with these outrageous theories about what's going to happen and, oh, fuck, we're going to be locked down in the same way that people right now are going on about uh, isolation camps and microchips and vaccines and immunity passports. People were doing the same thing back then. The government's going to lock you down. You won't be able to leave your house. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. None of that shit ever happened. And none of the people that were perpetuating that have had to apologize. Yeah. It's stupid that they scared the shit out of a generation of people and got away with it. It never ended up happening. But yeah, I'm not surprised people were searching the toilet paper thing. Mm-hmm. I was confused about it too. Yeah. I never actually Googled it though, having said that. Um, number two is why was George Floyd stopped? Oh, that's a good question yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why is it called COVID-19? Why did Kobe have two numbers? Why is Nevada taking so long? (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people are wondering, what's your problem, Nevada? And bear in mind, guys, again, this is all Canadian searches. This is not in the States. Uh, Number six, why did Alex leave Gray's? Still don't have my questions answered fully. Um, Such a ridiculous thing. I won't spoil anything anything further for those who watch Gray's but are not caught up. Uh, Okay, how to. How to apply for EI. How to make hand sanitizer. How to apply for CERB. How to make a mask. How to cut your own hair. <laughs> how, oh, that's right. To, I forgot about that yep, fiasco, too. Yep. How to use Zoom. How to make sourdough starter. We oh, ate a, when people we, were baking bread? <laughs> we ate a lot this year. Yeah, yeah, I think we ate a lot this year. Uh-huh. Um, and how to get tested for coronavirus, finally. The full list. And by the way, in case you're wondering, like, they keep releasing these things. They do. Google does that to stay in the news. So they'll release overall. Then they will narrow it down. And then they'll give you this list of entertainment Google searches and blah, blah. So anyway, that was the most recent one was they narrowed down specifically Canada in all these different categories. Our friends over at ET Canada, if you're curious to see more, do have a great article out there that really breaks everything down if you want to check it out. Yeah, I'm looking at this article that you posted under definitions, WAP. And I just, for anybody who didn't know what they were searching for or what they were going to discover when they Googled what is WAP, how did your day go after you discovered that? Be careful what you search for. (laughs) Even looking at the losses section that you posted here. I mean, yeah, I totally forgot that Kobe Bryant, you could have told me it was three years ago and I might have believed you. Um, It just seems so far away ago. Um, Chadwick Boseman, another one. Mm -hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That was only a couple months ago, but it seems like uh, years ago. Well, maybe not years, but a long time ago. Eddie Van Halen, Kelly Preston, Pop Smoke was this year. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Great article, like Kat said, at scottandcat.ca. So you're legitimately excited about the so-called color of the year. I actually, well, I just like that it just, when I look at it, I kind of smile a little bit. I think that's really nice. There's, I don't know if anyone's, how many people have heard of, I should say Pantone, because some people know exactly what that is when I say it. Other people go, what are you talking about? But they're basically like the go-to place. The ones that tell you what colors are hot or not. And they're, I, 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 don't, I guess I shouldn't even call it a prediction. Basically, at this point, they tell you what the colors are. And people love this so much, they follow suit. Like, they will go, they will wait for them to announce the colors, and they'll redecorate a room based on their color of the year. There are people who really, truly follow this. So they've announced not one, but two colors. that really look nice together, I think. Two colors of the year. And they are, first is a bright yellow. They call it illuminating. The other, a light gray called ultimate gray. And if you can picture the yellow and gray together, it looks, I don't know, I think it just looks really nice and it's kind of almost spring-like. It's kind of airy and pretty. I I don't know, I love these colors together. I like that they chose something a little bit uplifting as opposed to like, you know, a dark blue and something else. Uh, But you can see them at scottandcat.ca as well. I posted up the, the images of their 
exact because you know how there's 50 million shades of yellow and things like that if you're curious it's very lemon it's like a lemon that's the yellow three weeks from today is new year's eve three weeks from today we Uh. will be what will we we be doing (laughs) that's a great question i don't know this year i don't Uh, don't the ttc which always goes free on new year's eve because they want to make sure people don't drink and drive has announced that this year Nope, we're not going free on New Year's Eve because we want to try and discourage people from going out and getting together. So that leads to a question. Well, if people are going to go out anyway, is that going to lead to an increase in impaired driving? I don't know that it will. I mean, if you're going out, I would hope you'd be responsible enough to figure out how you're going to get home and leave the car at your place to begin with before you go out. But there's not really a lot of places to go. I mean, restaurants are closed. They sure as shit aren't going to open up the nightclubs for New Year's Eve. So I have to think people are going to party in each other's homes if they're going to party at all. Is that right? Or am I thinking wrong here? No, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. And and when I first heard that, I was also of mixed emotion there of, uh, okay, no, it's, it's cool that it's not free. But wait a minute, is it cool that it's not free? I'm not sure how I actually feel about it because... Mm-hmm. I mean, those who want to be irresponsible, I think, will be irresponsible anyway. You know, whether they're going to a house party or whether they choose to or get into a bar to be able to have a drink. I don't know. It's not a lot of people are even allowed into the restaurants and and the hotspots. You can't anyway. But I'm not sure what that's going to do for the for the numbers. I don't know. Wallet Hub does this every year. The best and worst places to go for New Year's Eve, specifically cities. Now, it's totally different. Uh, Again, what's up to our American listeners? We love you. Hope you guys are being safe. Thank you for listening to After 9. But you guys are doing things differently down there than we're doing up here. Here, a lot of things are closed. Last call is at, what, 9 o'clock and no drinks after 10 because they don't want people hanging out all the time. Mm -hmm. But in America, it's basically a free-for-all in certain states. So WalletHub says... If you want to go out and have a typical New Year's Eve with the champagne popping and the noisemakers and the hats on and the puking in the alley and all that sort of shit afterwards, this year you're going to Virginia Beach. When you look at things like coronavirus rates, takeout and delivery options, overall safety, number of cases, and the fact that you can go out, Virginia Beach is probably your best value. Second best, Honolulu, Hawaii. It wouldn't take much convincing to get me there right now. The worst two places that you can go for New Year's Eve this year are New Orleans uh-huh. and Miami. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, the thought of going <laughs> the thought of going to Miami for New Year's Eve in any other year would probably be like, yeah, let's do it. This year I'm thinking to myself, you got to be fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was reading an an awesome article. See if I can find it because it popped up on my phone. One of those dealios um, about places in the world right now that are doing so well. They kind of don't even remember that coronavirus is a thing across the world. Places like Australia, for example, some spots in New Zealand, they're back to normal, like full on having parties and photos appear. For people here, and then we go, what are you guys doing? 
Well, they're allowed. They're allowed to have 100 people partying with no masks on because they've done all the right things up until this point. And some of us can't follow any rules, so here we are. But it's kind of crazy when you take a look at those photos and those different spots from around the world where they're like, oh, right, COVID, is that still happening? Because it's basically not even a thing for them. So they're going to celebrate all the things, whether or not it's going to creep back in there or not. I don't know. But it's pretty unreal to see those photos. It almost feels like it was like... A lifetime ago, you're like, I remember those days, even though it was only a year ago that we gathered in large groups like that. But they're experiencing that right now. And Australia has their summer, right? Their summer's beginning. So some people are a little bit worried. But by the time they get the vaccine in pumping in people, they might be just fine. But it is quite crazy to take a look at those photos now. I think so, too. But you know what, though? We had the chance to do that. Yes. We were down below 100 new cases a day across Ontario in the summertime. And they said, okay, there's a second wave coming. Everybody's just got to stay on track. Keep doing what we're doing. Second wave, it'll just shoot on by us and we'll be good. People didn't do it. Boom. Now we're getting like 1,800 cases a day and shit is locked down. It's so frustrating that we were there. We had this thing so close to beat. And I know, but they let all the international planes land. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's a problem that the government should deal with. But they can't deal with that until we deal with regular people that are just wandering around, not giving a shit. We could have had a normal Christmas this year. We could have had a normal New Year's Eve. Or basically, with just some simple precautions, it could have been like normal. But we didn't do a very basic thing that we were warned to do in August. It's so frustrating. So I'm happy for the people in Australia and New Zealand who managed to to lick it and get it done. You guys have yourselves a great New Year's Eve. Three weeks from today. I, I can't believe, actually, that there's only three weeks until New Year's Eve. I, Isn't that messed up? It, it's totally messed up. It's totally messed up. Even as I do my, like, countdown to Christmas, I have one of those uh, ornament things on my shelf where you count down the days. And every day I go, oh, my gosh, is there only that many days to go? I can't believe it. I can't believe it's uh, finally toward the end of the year. So I meant to ask you, by the way, about your various Christmas apparel and countdowns and such, because you have one of those wine advent calendars. What is it, a bottle a day? Um, No, I don't actually do that. No. Okay. No. Some people do have it. I mean, I think it was Costco that was selling them. Like, do you actually drink a bottle of wine a day? Yeah. Because I'm not judging. I think it's pretty admirable, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Good for you. I, uh, I, I don't know if those <laughs> – I know that they'd sell out pretty quickly if they did I, – I, did they have them at Costco at one point? I posted I a photo. I think they did, of, yeah. Yeah, because I posted a photo of one once, but it, no, it is not mine. I actually don't drink at all during the week. Not at all. I, I'm a Friday and Saturday. That's it. Apologies, that was Costco in America because we can't sell booze anywhere than the LCBO and the beer store. Oh, here. I figured that they just even if they even if they sold those, Scott. Think about this: the shelving for it. Because I I know someone who's a grandmother that has an advent calendar and it's massive. It's like a big dollhouse. So picture one of those, you know, like life size dollhouses. Yeah. And that's what it is. And every day you open up another little cupboard. It's just like a little cubby. And every day the kid opens it leading up to Christmas and something's inside. It might be a little toy. It might be a book. It might be whatever, a figurine of some kind every single day. So why couldn't they just sell those in our Costco's? Just empty. But you fill up the wine yourself or the rye or the gin or whatever your person that you're going to buy that for, including yourself, is into. I think that that would be a great idea. I'm sure you can get them custom made, too. Uh, Let me ask you just a couple of quick questions here before we wrap things up, because we are running a little low on time. First and foremost, three weeks until New Year's Eve, are you prepared to announce a song of the year for 2020? Ooh, 
Oh, you're going to put me on the spot like that, huh? You don't have to answer today. I'll give you some time <laughs> to think about it if you want. Yes. Okay. So I would. I think I would be prepared to do it. I just need to give it a little more thought. Obviously, everyone might have a different answer based on what they actually liked. There were some songs that were popular, but they weren't my choice. They wouldn't be my favorite. They're good, but not my favorite. So let me think on that, and we can we can get back to it tomorrow when we bring in Dave uh, Blizzard Ooh. here too and get his take on it. Fry Daves are great. Fry Dave. <laughs> That's great. Um, oh, last thing. Do you believe in finders keepers? Oh, man. there's a, It's not a black and white thing, but um, no, for the most part, no, unless there's really no way to track down the person whom something belongs to. Okay. In a nutshell, here's the deal. Couple had their cat go missing back in September. Turns out the cat just went down the street and it was living with another family that found it and fed it and took it in and took care of it. So the couple noticed on Facebook, hey, that's our fucking cat. So they tracked the people down and say, hey, we would like our cat back. Thanks for taking care of it. They said, yeah, listen, we've kind of grown attached to the cat, so we're not giving it back. We asked people about that on our wow. FM radio show today. Some people legitimately felt like, no, the people who lost the cat don't deserve to get the cat back. Other people said, fuck that. It's not their cat. They got to give it back. Do you think they have an obligation to give back that cat that they took in and fed for a few months? I mean, yeah, that's someone else's cat. The problem with this, though, is that and I don't have a cat. I don't own a cat. I've never personally owned a cat. I know people who do and some people who let their cat outdoors. But isn't that kind of also the risk that you take when you let your cat out all the time and just be out amongst people in the world? You totally raise that risk for someone jacking your cat. So at the same time, I don't feel that. your cat. Well, well, it's true. It's like you're pretty much willingly just like setting it out there and hoping for the best. And, And most of the time, of course, cats come back. They're very smart and they'll come back to you. They know that that's where they're fed and that's where they're loved. But in some cases, you have to realize there's going to be people out there that might want to feed your cat or or pet your cat or do God knows what to your cat and you're just willingly let it happen. I, I know I'm not, a, I'm not a cat person, so I'll fully admit that. But that being said, I don't fucking get that. I really don't. When I see cats wandering around, but I know that they live in homes... Uh, all right, I understand their instincts. I understand they have those needs that they like to get out and they like to chase whatever the fuck they chase, birds and stuff. I just personally don't think I'd feel comfortable. Like, if you're my pet, you're in my home. You're safe and sound with me so that you avoid stuff like this happening. Hmm. My cat goes outside, but my cat knows to come back. And if there's ever a day when the cat decides, you know what, fuck that guy, I'm leaving. I guess I have to live with that choice that the cat made. But what if the cat didn't necessarily, but they were just taken by someone, but they were just used to it at that point? Like, is it different when you know that there was malicious intent from the person or does it or does that matter? If somebody stole my cat, well, then we've got a problem. But if the cat raised- made a choice, uh, what yeah. can I do about it? Yeah, I mean, sh- yeah, OK, gotcha. I just it still confuses me, though, because if you let your cat out willingly every single day, you know that that could be a possibility. You hope for the best, but you know something bad could happen to your cat. I just don't understand how people can do that. That's all. That's where I'm coming from. The biggest difference is my cat likes to hunt mice and every right. fucking day yes. it comes back with a mouse. Does he There's- bring it to you? Every day, it just drops it on my patio and walks in the house like he didn't just drop a dead mouse right there. You know what? That comes in handy. My last house, we had a. I think you remember me talking about the fact we had a mouse problem. I would have borrowed your cat for that because for that, they're fabulous. Those mice will probably... You probably never see a mice inside your house. No. Well, that's the thing. There's far more of them outside than there is inside, so I kind of don't mind letting the cat out. I mean... 
in his mind, he's probably going to work. It's like, well, time to go catch some mice. I'll bring them back to dad. And then he just goes away for a while and comes back and drops another dead one right there in the thing. And then I got to get rid of it. And it's gross. I don't even want to know how many are between my house and the neighbors, but I just keep chucking them over the fence. There's a pile of dead fucking mice. rotting away that's great uh okay we will leave it on this it is night one go ahead and light the first candle hanukkah 2020 is officially on and if you are jewish and observing hanukkah happy hanukkah to you and if you're not jewish nothing wrong with learning how some of your fellow humans celebrate the holidays Take a minute and look it up. Research yeah. it. You know, I actually went to some Jewish things over the past couple of years because a very good friend of mine, his wife is Jewish. He's Catholic. So he invites me along to some of these things. And then I get like the best of both worlds. I get to see how they do things and how cool. they blend their traditions together. And the kids just win every single year. They get eight days of Hanukkah and then they get Christmas as well. Oh, blended. Those who are blended. Yes. Good on you. I have always Lucky said fuckers. I want I want more Jewish friends. Because I feel like I, do, I am one of those people, I will fully admit, that doesn't know enough about it. But I learn a little bit more every single year, especially when Hanukkah rolls around. And we have great listeners who have told me things and tell me their experiences or share photos with me. And I find it all very, very, uh, very interesting. So if you are celebrating, happy Hanukkah. Enjoy it. And I'm sure you'll hear a lot of Adam Sandler songs on the radio today. <laughs> every year. Yep. Boy, Sandler is just, he's still making money off of that. You know, he did that as a bit on Saturday Night Live. All the time, they'll do a performance on Saturday Night Live, and they never go anywhere. You never hear them after that episode of SNL. All these years later, mm-hmm. the Hanukkah song is still a big song on radio. And you know what? It does it. It's not the pop culture references in that song aren't even dead. Like, you could still hear that, understand it, and giggle at it. OJ Simpson, not a Jew. Like, that's funny as fuck. Still. Yep. I hear you. You know? Light up that first candle on the menorah, and you guys have yourselves a great one. Tomorrow, I think Dave will be joining us. If not, either way, we'll have another episode of After 9 coming your way. Hit that subscribe button and tell a friend. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.